Welcome back to the Enjoy the Walk podcast, guys. Uh, happy midweek blues, I guess, where uh, this will release on Thursday. So, um, you know, it's been a while since Dante and I, and, you know, unfortunately Isaiah couldn't join us, but it, we've just, we haven't sat down and just kind of, you know, blew smoke and, and shot the shit a little bit and, and been, you know, guys and, and kind of how we started this podcast is, you know, just recapping our own golf experiences. And it's been a while because we haven't had golf for a while so um it's sweet to finally have it back uh i was able to finally get out in maryland as well uh dante's been playing his butt off in new jersey and pennsylvania um and then i just got out in pennsylvania you know yesterday so uh it's been fun and i I think this whole episode will just kind of us going back and forth and not only our own golf experiences but uh what the professional golf ranks has coming up from the different matches uh tom brady phil mickelson you know uh Tiger Woods, Peyton Manning, and then you got the match with the guys down in uh, at Seminole. So we got a lot of good things to talk about, and, and I'm excited to dive into this one. Oh, absolutely. But first, how was it when Marilyn finally said, you guys can golf, and you stepped on the first tee? So, okay, I, I'm going I'm to take that two-part question. How was it when, first, when they first announced? Like, ecstatic, but yeah, also right? <laughs> pissed. Because, and hear me out here, because I had already planned to come home for Mother's Day before Maryland said they were opening. So I knew all the guys at the club and all my buddies were going to be like, yo, let's get out, let's play, let's go. And I'm like, I only have one day to do this before I'm leaving again. Uh. Like, come on. <laughs> so, no, I was absolutely pumped. Um, we, were, we were one of the last three states to open in the country. Um, so it was just, it was one of those things where like, you're looking around you and you're saying, uh, what's, you know, what's up, what, what do we have to do? Um, that's different from everybody else because, you know, at the end of the day, um, Maryland as a whole was not, you know, a, a really bad situation through all this, you know, we weren't, uh, we weren't seriously, uh, having issues with this, with this pandemic, you know, obviously the Baltimore metro area was but it was just like man what do, what does golf have to do to get back and and it was sweet to finally have it um and I was able to get out uh did not get out the first day but I was able to get out the second day uh tea times were an absolute just mess on Thursday <laughs> um clubs didn't know what to do a lot of clubs didn't even open Thursday because there was no um from what I, the way I understand and talking to a uh, shout out to delegate Dan Cox, he was kind of back and forth with a lot of the people in the Eastern shore, uh, including me and some others at Glen Riddle uh, where I'm a member uh, that, you know, he was basically saying there's, there was a, an initial conversation from the state of Maryland, talking to all the golf courses, talking to the delegates, the state representatives about, you know, how could we open it? When are we going to open it? Uh, and then it seems like the conversation went cold for a while. So when they announced on Thursday, that uh, or actually Wednesday that they would be opening on Thursday it took everybody off guard because there was no conversation of like all right you know be ready because this could be when um it was it it seemed like from a from the golf industry's perspective in Maryland a very kind of snap decision yeah I was gonna say that like they just dropped the mic real quick saying yeah you can go play tomorrow because I know a lot of the other states across the country the the governors said it almost maybe three to five days in advance, which allowed the courses and the governing bodies to find a way to say, all right, well, what kind of guidelines are we going to have? You know, what's going to be 
implemented and put in place and then kind of, all right, well, everything's got to be online. Let's try and like, let's, let's follow all these type of guidelines in order to get the players out in golf. Maryland just said, yeah, go out and play and then have at it. And it was just a complete shit show. Well, you know, and it's funny you say that too, because I feel like that's the reason that a majority of the courses that didn't open um, just, you know, they, well, they weren't prepared, whether it was staffing in the pro shop, whether it was figuring out because they, they announced that golf was coming back at like 3 PM, but that was it. There was no, you know, wait to hear what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. Like, you know, with you guys in New Jersey, like you said, there was an initial, okay, we're opening. And then there was a follow-up of here's how we're going to open twosomes, no clubhouse, yada, yada. So Maryland didn't come out with that until 7 a.m., the day we were opening, which completely screwed golf courses. My own golf course said, you know, we're not opening till 10 a.m. at best because we just don't know the guidelines. Are we going to have to, you know, sanitize every cart that's been sitting around for, you know, for this whole time off? Or are we going to be able to open the pro shop? Are we going to have to put a 10 outside? You know, no one knew really what the, the scenario was going to be even going into the morning after tea times were already booked, you know, people opened opened up courses and online tea times and stuff. So it was a it was a very kind of crap shooty situation uh, for courses to open, which is you know kudos to the the staff you know that I was at least um, experiencing on Thursday. Um, I didn't even try to get a tea time on Thursday, but kudos to them anyway. They handled it phenomenal. Uh, everyone that I talked to that did play Thursday once they got out to the course it was a breeze. And, you know, as we mentioned in so many other podcasts, these courses are in phenomenal shape. Isn't it? It's crazy. And it, even if you, like, I mean, I played, you know, my courses, I uh, bebopped around to the ones that I, I guess you can say are considered my reciprocals. And then I decided to play a different public track because I tentatively still have a tournament to play there and I, it's a public course so I said hey I want to go there see the track see the conditions see you know how the layout is see how I w- I'm going to strategize when I actually go play and uh, when, when it counts and it was pure is all hell and I've never I mean people I feel like it was just such an underrated course it's one of those like hidden gems and I've, I've known friends who've played there before yeah it's nice it's a good track but every course is just in phenomenal condition. I mean, uh, it's insane. And I was seeing some of the pictures that you were posting and just everything was green and just smooth as can be. It is absurd. Um, You know, the first day I got out, uh, shout out to Steve DiCarlo. He's an assistant pro down at Rum Point. Um, He kind of texted me once the news broke that we were open. uh, Hey, let's get something Friday, you know, midday. It's going to look like it's going to be almost 70. Dude, it ended up getting to 75. I got burnt. Uh, So first day back, I got a burn uh, and it felt great. I couldn't have been more appreciative of it. You know, it was just like, oh, I'm back. This is great. Um, But yeah, we played out at Rum Point. Uh, on Assateague Island, it's that course is usually uh, it's a phenomenal track, but it takes so much play, right? Like it's a package course, so all the people that come down to Ocean City, they play it as part of their packages with Lighthouse Sound or Glen Riddle or Eagles Landing, or it, it's always part of a package deal. So it's got a ton of play usually, which means the greens are just chopped by especially by like late afternoon on a on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They're just ball marks everywhere, spike marks everywhere. It was unreal how smooth these greens were. I've never seen them in this great a condition before. 
And even on Friday, when we were the second day of having golf back, we were one of maybe 30 guys out there on a gorgeous day. We flew around. We played in like two and a half hours. It's insane. Are there guidelines out or now or like how's so, that? How's so that there working? are, but also in just weird Maryland fashion through all this, when they said open, we kind of just went from zero to 100 real quick. Um, <laughs> we can go in pro shops, uh, pro shop staff has to have masks on, um, you know, it, it, it's up to the discretion of the pro sh- like the course, whether their, uh, their players have to have masks or not. Uh, the course I played at, we did not have to wear masks, you know, on course. Um, other than that, you know, two people to a cart is a go. Uh, we saw foursomes, couple foursomes out there. So, um, you know, we wow. you can book foursomes, two guys in a cart. Um, they're just kind of making sure like, you know, sanitize every cart, um, mm-hmm. try if you can to have one used cart throughout the day. If you got to recycle a cart, obviously, you know, complete wipe down and, and, and bacteria cleanse of everything. But yeah, for the most part, I mean, I was looking over, I think we posted it to our Instagram, um, the like, you know, guidelines in which Maryland has to operate, but I'll tell you what, it's not far from, uh, you know, the norm it, uh, in all honesty. No food and beverage it, is about the only other thing it, that's not running right now. I would say the norm is probably, I would say on a on the broad scale of things, from what I've been seeing is 15 minutes apart, mm-hmm. one person per cart, um, food and beverage closed, and pretty much pro shops closed, and then just making sure, you know, no rakes are out there, uh, no touching of the flag sticks. They got the they got either PVC pipes or they got that easy lift system, or they got pool noodles in the in the let's, bottom. Let's 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 jump system. into that real quick because I have all now right. experienced all three of them, and I'm gonna yeah. tell you right now. The- I'm gonna tell you right now which one I hate. Ooh, the PVC has got to go. Oh, so the, the PVC pipe has got PV- to go. I played PVC. So what that PVC looked like, was it just like a piece, uh, like a cut PVC pipe that wrapped around that just was like, with like a little slit and then hooked onto the, uh, to the flag stick. No, and it, dropped it, in? it was not a, it was not one of those easy pickups where like it was dropped in. It was, it was a PVC, like two inch, two and a quarter, two and a half inch PVC pipe that they dropped like in. Yeah, kind of exactly like the roll you got in your hand. So like basically the size of a roll of athletic tape for those people who are just listening and not watching on YouTube. But yeah, it was exactly that, but just dropped in and then the pin put in, in between like, you know, the PVC and the cup. So it's just a PV, it's like a loose piece of PVC pipe just so, you know, dangling around in the cup. And and it doesn't even bear, like maybe they just got the sizing wrong. Maybe they just had it laying around, but like, your ball can drop in between the PVC because it wobbles so much. So then like uh, it's still going to the bottom anyway. So maybe I just experienced a, a, a lackadaisical yeah. use of the PVC pipe, but I'm a huge fan of the pool noodle after yesterday. Pool noodles. Nice. Except I played on, <laughs> I played on Saturday and it rained Friday night, the night before and the, and the cups still had water in them. So guess what? The pool noodle floated up out of the hole. So we were like, damn, like that pissed me off. A what are the bit chances because- though? That is absolutely hilarious that the one time you guys go to play, the pool noodles actually floated out of the cup. So we're sitting there like, really? 
So now you're playing like how some courses did where they raise the cups and it's to me, that's not even golf because all you got to do is hit it and it's technically quote unquote in. Uh, there was a few holes that, you know, I guess the rain and it didn't drain. So there was still water in the cup. Well, here it is just floating on up out of the thing. But back to the PVC pipe, the one, the course I played, uh, I was Indian spring country club. Um, that was the one with like the cones and everything I showed. And they had, this is the best besides the easy lift. I haven't played easy lift, but I've seen, I've seen it, which I thought was pretty cool. But what they did, they said PVC pipe, but when you go into, when you looked into the hole, it was like the circle disc that was wrapped around the, um, it, it covered the entire hole. So there was only maybe about like quarter to half an inch deep into the thing. It was like this, almost like a shield where the ball would just fall right in there. And it actually, it actually gave a little bit. I thought that was really cool. I wish that a sounds lot of like some, uh, some seriously good engineering right there. It, it really was. I should have taken a picture of it, but yeah, that was, it was really cool. It was kind of like this PVC pipe disc that was kind of just almost covered three quarters of the hole and the ball would just fall in. I really That's enjoyed awesome. that. Who had easy lift? So actually, so it was just on the, it was on the putting green. So it wasn't okay. on like an actual playing surface. It was just on the practice facility, but it was where I played today um, or yesterday. I'm sorry uh, for this podcast, but uh yeah, it was it was really neat because it was just on the mini flags and they just had a, they had all the easy lift system on the on the mini flags and it was really it was cool because it was their way of letting you go out and practice putt before uh before you go yeah. out into your and, and play Honestly, around. the easy lift is probably the best in my opinion if you are afraid of people touching the flag stick mm -hmm. you can still depending on how whatever the PVC pipe or the pool noodle, how it's cut, it may be cut a little short to where you still have to dig your hand in there. You're still touching it. Right. The lazy lift system, you like just take your putter head, lift it out, out of the hole. And like the way the, that piece is, it's kind of like beveled or however you want to explain it. And it just rolls off. And then you, Oh, your ball's back on the green and you can just pick it up and go. Mm -hmm. So I just, I don't know. Didn't play with the easy lift. That's my favorite. If I were to, if I had to choose or that, what the way Indian spring did it with that PVC, I thought that was cool. Pool noodles. Nice. But Hey, if it's going to rain, expect some of those pool noodles to float up on out. Of I was going to say, didn't get to experience that did not get to experience that, but that is absolutely priceless that that had, to, had to happen. <laughs> and it, I can guarantee you if people across the country are using pool noodles, you're not the only place to have that happen. And that is just that that's priceless. I love that. I that thought is it too was, good. I thought it was actually hilarious, but at the same time, I didn't even think about that. No, none of us, none of us thought that thought that would even, you know, didn't even cross your mind. So you're I don't think there, it crossed ah. many people's minds it, that, <laughs> that a pool noodle could float out of a cup. Like that was like, you know, when people started using those, it was the most ingenious idea. Like, yeah, of course we would use a pool noodle. Duh. Mm -hmm. And then, and then that happens. That's fantastic. But I tell you what, when it does work, um, I was a huge fan of it. You know, I didn't have any putts that like hit the lip and like, didn't, you know, weren't affected by the pool noodle. Like, like the softness of the pool noodle is very receptive the the way it, even if you kind of hit like a shot and it could possibly go in you know i mean uh there was a big debate uh on the pro golf scene whether jordan spieth actually made a hole in one or if he made double bogey so his there's there's footage of his ball uh and and there's a there's a phenomenal mark on it too um there he broke the pvc inside the cup 
that was that was at the course he was playing, but his ball hit the PVC and actually traveled out of the playing area into a hazard. So his ball was in the cup. What? So this Jordan Spieth's ball was yeah, this was in this was during quarantine. It's a big debate right now, and I want your opinion on it. Did Jordan Spieth make an ace or did he make a double bogey? Oh man. That's tough because he broke the PVC inside the cup. I would call that an ace because I uh, we've also run into an issue too with the pool noodle where we were putting, and I guess it wasn't cut deep enough, so the ball went in the hole, and you knew that it was going in the hole, but it hit the hit mm-hmm. the pool noodle and actually like bounced out and kept rolling. Like it wasn't like you can distinctly tell whether if you were taking a putt and you had a lip out right on like right on the edge of the cup or it went it went in and then bounced out and i it was actually me who made the putt and <laughs> my buddies know like i can get heated sometimes so i like looked up like uh and they're like no that's good and yeah I said, like did anybody else see that before i lose my lid I was like, <laughs> yep i was like yeah you know that <laughs> i was like you know that was good so yeah that's i don't that's think it's crazy. an ace I don't think it's an ace. You don't think it's an ace? But also, here's here, I'm, I'm going to play devil advocate to myself. So I don't think it's an ace. But if, if the definition of an ace is dropping to the bottom of the cup, then nobody is holding anything, and then no golf is truly being played if that's your definition of an ace. You know what but I'm saying right changed, now? Yeah, but they changed the rule now. If the ball just crosses and it, like, if it gets wedged, it's in. It's almost like the NFL. All you got to do is cross the ball across the across the plane and you're in see i'm a i'm a big uh i'm a big college football fan whole ball has got to cross all right well in the <laughs> nfl if your hand crosses at the ball you're in even like a even like the tip of it just like crosses they're like calling that a touchdown oh tigers. No, like, i'm a big uh, lsu tiger fan no you're not <laughs> 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 but no, really, I'm, I'm a big, yeah. I'm a big advocate of of the ball falling, and I know it's impossible during this time. So it brings up a great debate, and I'd love to hear what our listeners have to say about it too, because I think that's a phenomenal poll. Because I, I just think there's so many guys that are yes, it is. There's so many guys that are no, it's not. It's a tough one. That is tough. And actually, come to think about hitting the PVC, you know, you got plastic, like you were saying, like foam, it gives a little bit with like the pool noodle. PVC, man, if you're coming in there hot, that thing's bound because. I mean, I'm had pretty no sure you had no chance. Or if you've had putts where or shots into back in the day when we weren't going through this regular cups, and if the cup was actually placed incorrectly and you had that the top of the cup edge sticking out a little bit and it goes in and bounces back out, I could see that with the PVC pipe too. So I, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, but Jordan Spieth probably doesn't care because he's probably have, has a he already has some on tour and probably has a crap load before he even made it on tour. So he's I don't, like, ah, I don't whatever. think, uh, I don't think that's ever the mentality. I think <laughs> every time a golfer has a hole in one, they're jumping out of their shoes. I'm going to have to see this, find this video. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll show it to our fans and uh, see what they think. Cause I don't think it's an ace, but you know, it's up for debate and it's a good one, but, uh, you know, something else I want to get into as well um, is just kind of, you know, the overall experience. You know, we've, we've had a, about a week. You've had about two, two weeks with, with golf back. Um, close to it, I believe. About um, a, week and a week and a half. 
Yeah. So you've had a week and a half of golf back. You know, what's the overall assessment of of what it's like to be back? Um, I know, you know, we we talked about it before and the initial experience of, of trying to figure it all out was was a, a high anxiety situation mm. um, as it was for us you know it, it was a shit show to say to say it lightly yeah. so at first and i and i wrote it in in one of one of my blogs um check that out unleash the beast check it out uh, guys www.enjoythewalkpod.com <laughs> blog we got a blog on there guys check it out dante writes some heated articles and they're good reads <laughs> Yeah, they uh they did it. Obviously, they they busted their ass. Grounds crew all the way down to management and and staff. They hats off to those guys all all across the state of New Jersey and all across the country who have been tirelessly working in order to make make this possible for us. Offers just got in play. At first, there was some high anxiety that was over. Um, it was kind of like. What's the word? Basically, the joy of it wasn't there. It was overpowering the joy because of the anxiety. It's like, all right, well, all right, we only have X amount of players that can play per hour. Like, how am I going to get a tee time? Like, when does it happen? Like, this, like, all these things are going through your mind rather than just the excitement of we get to play golf again. So eventually, I was able to get tee times. I figured out a nice logistic system. I'm keeping that to myself so no one else knows in the, in our area because I want those tee times. I'm going to be selfish on that. Oh, one. come on. Uh, share, the, share the wealth, Dante. All I have to say is just make sure you book. We get five days in advance. Just find the right time to do it. Uh, <laughs> so I, I've, been, I've been, you know, we've just been planning well ahead. Just plan well ahead. You'll get your tee times that we have six courses that we could play from, which is great. So obviously we're bebopping around, um, which is actually, I actually like that because, you know, normally we just go to the same, we just go to the deer. We go to running deer every week, same same thing. Now it's, you know, let's, let's try here. Let's go here. Let's mix it up. So you're getting full usage out of it, mm-hmm. which I really like different tracks. So you, you know, you gotta figure out different strategies and it's, as you're going to play, but once all said and done, like once you're getting your tee times, once you know who you, you know, you pairing up because it's twosomes now. So you just basically find a buddy and like, yo, you just want to play like every weekend or whatnot and just have at it. Once you got that going, once you get to the course, they got it all pretty much. You roll up, check in 10 minutes before they tell you that then you can proceed to go. And then they double check you again and you're good to go. And to be honest, once you're on the golf course, you totally forget all what's going on behind you you're out playing golf and it's one of the greatest reliefs especially to a golf addict and a a golf enthusiast such as you and me i mean it's such a relief it's very good for mental health i completely forget what's going on in the outside world i I will completely out in the sun yeah i will 110 percent agree with you there um it's just it's unbelievable once you step on the first tee you put your phone in the pocket it maybe take a couple snapshots like us we 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 let our listeners in on our rounds sometimes Mm -hmm. but even still you know you're out there playing golf and and golf golf brings you in so strongly like you got to focus on your shot you got to focus on your putt what's the wind doing you know where where's the where's this ball gonna go where do i want to play in from there's so many things to think about on the golf course to simply play well that you can't think about anything else. And that's the beauty of it. 
And that's why I, I have a story from my dad here that, you know, I just, I feel like it's so crazy cool to share about the game of golf. Um, I think it was Tuesday. Yeah, it was, it was right before Maryland announced they were opening. My dad went over to our home course. It's a course that's struggling right now. Um, they're, they're, they're having trouble finding new ownership. Um, it had been a course that in the past year or two has kind of gone really downhill. Um, wasn't seeing all the rounds being played. Wasn't seeing, you know, that much, you know, people. It just wasn't seeing that much uh, light at the end of the tunnel of, of, you know, being a good golf course. It used to be one of the greatest manicured, well-kept courses in our area. Um, and my dad went over there Tuesday to play. Couldn't get a tee time. He said it looked like one of the, like, largest scramble tournaments you had ever seen was at this course because there were there were people parked in the maintenance lot there were people parked like up the entrance that's how busy this place was because maryland golf wasn't open yet i live in gettysburg pennsylvania which is like right near the mason dixon lines people were traveling up from maryland to play mountain view it was awesome to see that many people at a course that was struggling that hard because of the times and he said there was a majority of the people there were asking about rental clubs or were going somewhere to get a buddy set of clubs because they hadn't played in years or they were trying it for the first time simply because golf was the only thing to do. And I think that's awesome in a, in a time where we had probably struggled for a very, you know, at least six weeks, if not longer to find some, some good, some feel good stories or some light within the golf industry or anywhere for that matter. It was awesome to see people turning to golf as, as their kind of light at the end of the tunnel through all this. Uh, absolutely agree. Even, even personally too. And even my dad, he goes, he was kind of, it was getting to him into a little bit too. And, you know, he's just sitting there and he's like watching the news. And I kept yelling. I'm like, dude, you got to stop watching the news. Mm -hmm. I was like, you're just going to get 20 different stories and he looked at me one day on when we were out on the course, I think it was last Monday, he goes, and we were talking and he goes, you know, this, this just, this just feels good. Like it just feels to get good at like, you know, I, I'm excited, like get up and go out, like go out and play golf. I'm ex like, I, I, I'm looking forward to do more, you know, I get the motivation and the energy yeah. to go do house projects and, and this and that. And he goes, it, it's just great. And I even said, I was like, what I took out of it too is I just from being cooped up in the house for like two months to then being able to go outside, you know, being in, in, in a confined space, I just started feeling unhealthy. I just didn't feel well. I didn't feel my normal self. That first week I was out on the course and that first day outside, I immediately felt 10 times better on a, like a, on a health stand. I just felt clear. I felt like my lungs were, wasn't almost it like unreal? It's almost, it's, just, it's, it's almost like the, the, the switch flipped and it was like, all right, we're back to normal. It like in, in your head, it, that first 100%. day back, like, you're just like, all right, that's cool. Like we're living again. Yeah. It, it was basically like, all right, we're living again because it just like, I, I would agree with you a hundred percent. And now granted, I was blessed with gorgeous weather. The first day I was allowed to go back out in the course. Yeah, you yeah, did. Holy gorgeous smokes. weather. But it's like, man, it's like I was down at the course. It was me and my buddy, and we were just walking, having a good time. And it's like I almost felt like, man, I, I need to go down to, like, Ocean City and hang out at, like, the boardwalk after this or something. Like, it just felt like it felt like a midsummer round where it was just back to normal. And 
right? And it was just, it was, it was that breath of fresh air that I think we needed in a time where I think we're close to at least, you know, finding that sense of norm again. We're not there by any means, but we're getting there and we're getting closer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, yeah, for any golf fan out there, I know they know what we're talking about uh, when, when we were finally allowed to, to walk on the course again and, and just play, mm-hmm. you know, not even play well because I know I didn't play well, but just, to play. Oh my God, I stink. It's holy smokes. My, I, I have no touch around the greens. My putting was awful. Uh, and the past few days it's been windy. So like, I don't have any control over my irons and with the wind, Oh dude, the balls are all over the place. So the like two rounds left off the, the target. The two rounds I played so far, I've had about 25 mile per hour wins and about 45 mile per hour wins steady. Um, I got the absolute crap beat, beat out of me at a course really close to me here in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, uh, Penn national iron forge course, phenomenal course, just gorgeous layout top to bottom. Great place. Awesome condition could not have been in better shape. The greens were running in like midsummer form. The first putt I hit was only a 10-footer. I had about a 15-footer coming back. I just clobbered it. They were running that fast. Um, but, man, I mean, I, hit, I, I was hitting some eight irons today that were only going about 100 yards. Now, for those who don't know me and don't play golf with me, I hit an eight iron for anywhere from about 155 to 165 on a, on a dead day, you know, on a, just a regular flat day, no wind, no nothing. So for an eight iron to only go a hundred yards today, and that was the norm for 18 holes. I, I'll tell you this, the wind might be the worst element out there because it just beats you, man. I didn't realize it until, so obviously the first week that we were able to play, dude, I'm like, so lost. Lost with the time. Sorry, what I don't day even is know it again? Day it is any- yeah. So anyway, like the first weekend we were able to play, and then, oh yeah. So yeah, actually, this is like I'm going on like my second week of playing. But like that previous week, the week it was Saturday, Sunday, Monday it was pretty good, and then later in the week, it the weather started getting a little iffy, and then it started getting windy. It started getting windier. So we played last Saturday in the cold and the wind. I played Sunday in the wind, and I played today in the wind. I. I, I need to go find a place where it's windy twenty four seven and learn how to play in the wind because my dad made I a phenomenal struggle. point. Though. My dad, my dad made a phenomenal point. Um, now he's actually been playing some good golf, um, and he, you know, like I said, is in Pennsylvania, so he's had a couple weeks up on me um, <laughs> at, to to play and everything. And uh, we were dead even after nine today, and neither of us broke forty on the front nine. So that just tells you how, how tough conditions were. Um, and I had a slight malfunction of footwear as well. Uh, I tried to wear a a set of shoes that were brand spanking new, probably a half size, at least too small for me. Um, and I actually played the last eight holes barefooted, uh, just in my socks. Um, played phenomenal, might just play barefooted the rest of my life. Uh, best eight hole stretch I think I've had in, in windy conditions in my, in my entire life. Yeah, I, I'll agree with you. I was breaking in a pair of shoes too. And I mean, right out the box, took them, took them out to the course and great. They were comfortable. Did I think about the break in period? No. Did they cut me up? 
Absolutely. So the past, and I said, I wasn't, I was like, I'm not losing. I'm not letting this ruin the rest of my rounds. I'm going to find a way to figure this out so I can play through the pain and without making the wound bigger. And I was able to figure it out. And I know you're running into that issue and you're, you need. So, yeah. So I didn't think through at all. Actually, let's just stop at it. I didn't think that's just, that's where we'll stop it. Um, Same. Yeah. So like you said, um, you know, we, we were wearing in a pair of new shoes um, and, and both experienced some blisters. Um, you did the smart thing. You went the sport guy route, you know, you went athletic tape, pre-tape, you know, the feel good, t- the, 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 the real route that you should do. I grabbed a bandaid today. That's all I did. Mm-hmm. I grabbed a bandaid, like a Walmart style bandaid. Dude, I bled, I bled through a Band-Aid today and my sock today. Um, it was brutal. Um, I got, like I said, I got through 12 holes and just couldn't stand it anymore. Um, so, but like I said, well, I, I, might, I, might never weather, buy, I might never buy a pair of shoes again in my life the way I played those last eight holes. The weather's finally turning to get May weather like this week. So, and I know you're going to want to play. So in order to do that, this is, I'm going to tell you what to do. And for anybody who out there who – wants to you know golf and you're having blister issues on the back of your heel but still want to play without affecting the wound and trying to alleviate the pain this is what you do go to your local cvs or go to your local walmart and get to that foot section don't go to like the athletic well you're going to go to the athletic part but mainly the foot section there's stuffs there too you're going to get uh they look like band-aids but they're um they're 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 actually four heel blisters and they're like this cushion pad that band-aid kind of tape and you put that on there i don't know if there's ointment on it that's ridiculous they feel like it's actually stuck onto your skin like and they're waterproof and all they're great then you go out and get yourself some pre-date yeah, just like this if you're watching the video you all know it pre oh, that is. good that good stretchy pre-wrap any athletic trainer knows what that nice stretchy Athlet- pre-wrap is athletic tape but the one of the biggest things it's called gentle tape it looks like regular tape, but it's called gentle tape. It's uh, basically athletic tape, but it almost looks like a cast material, like if you broke your arm, but it's, it's stretchy. It's a little stretchy. And so what you do, you're going to take the pre – so you put your little cushion on the, on the heel, like, or Band-Aid or whatever. It's a neosporin just to cover that up. You get the pre-wrap tape. You wrap that around. So you do it kind of like in an X formation. You wrap it around like the arch of your foot, and then as you're coming around, you're going to angle it to go around your, the back of your heel. And, you, and then you're just going to go back around. You're just going to constantly do that, kind of like a figure eight almost. And you just keep doing that and doing that and doing that until you feel as if there's like a nice thick piece around the, uh, the back of the heel. Then you take your gentle tape and you wrap it around that like same style once or twice just to kind of like confine it and get some more, get some more padding. Then you just rip a piece of uh, athletic tape and just tape down the uh, so it doesn't flop, flop up, and then you're good to go, and then you put your sock on. And then you should have a solid padding, and it'll alleviate the pain, guaranteed, because I, I played an entire week straight uh, with blisters on my heel and didn't op- reopen the wound, um, didn't really feel much pain. Maybe towards like the end, I just felt it a little bit, but no blood, nothing. I mean, I was good as new week later while playing that back of my heels are recovered or almost recovered. 
Well, I'm going to tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I will be proof in the pudding tomorrow. I can guarantee you that. I am playing tomorrow night again with my dad. Uh, I am walking. So I will put that to the test. Um, I, like I said, I bled through uh, more Band-Aid and sock today than I ever need to ever again on the golf course. So uh, th- Now, granted, this is only for your walkers out there. Our, our cart riding friends are, are not going to experience this same kind of issue that we, we have in the past. But, uh, yeah, shout out to those guys that want to walk it and, uh, you know, need a little extra support because uh, I know I'm one of them. And, boy, oh, boy. It's not a pleasant. One thing I'll tell you, if you have, if you're wearing flimsier shoes, I felt as if I was going into a lacrosse or basketball game with the taped ankles. I felt so stable. uh, You were were lacing it up with Pippen and Jordan out there. I pretty much was. That would would be sick, sick to do in real life. But yeah, that's what it felt like. I felt like I was getting ready for for game, game six, about the game six, game seven. Well, they never went to game seven, but we, we don't have to go down that road, but yeah, about to, yeah, it was uh, it was it was cool. Uh, definitely a different feel. Felt really stable with it on. I mean, I'm not gonna do it all the time. Yeah, because uh, it costs money, and I mean, I'm no athletic training facility to where I just get a pallet of shipload <laughs> pounds and of pounds and pounds of, of of athletic. But, tape. but yeah, I'm I'm all about what, man. What, I need I need to try something. I, yeah, it, it it that should help. Basically, the idea is to cover the wound. And then provide a padding back there, and that should do the trick. And then I actually wore like they were colder days, so I wore I had thicker cabin socks, so I threw those on actually just to keep my feet warm. And those are, you know, heavily padded as well. They're thick. Money. So that yeah. Keeps, oh, dude, I didn't I even like feel it. it. It was great. I'm all about it. Very cool, man. Uh, yeah. Well, that's um, you know, it's funny because. It- in these times, I feel like, you know, I scored a deal and I feel like a lot of courts are doing this today. Like during these times, um, it was $30 for me to walk Penn national, a top 50 golf digest course. Uh, and it was just in an immaculate shape. So if you guys can get out there and walk it, um, courses are cutting insane deals for people who walk right now. Some places, some places are gouging the hell out of prices. Uh, for for walkers and riders alike, because they know, and especially in New Jersey, I can't blame them. Um, if they're only sending out twosomes, you know, and, and eight guys an hour, like you said, I don't blame them for for charging what they do. They got to pay the bills. And uh, I mean, they it's twenty five percent of normal capacity on a day to day basis. Yeah, I so mean, that's, like I said, that, I don't blame them. It, they have to do what they got to do, but. In, in most places in Pennsylvania, I've, I've realized from just checking out golf now and going onto a couple of different websites today, you can cut some deals if you walk some places. And that's a cool thing. A lot of these courses that either like force you to take a cart because they're, you know, kind of the resort style esque. And there's a lot of uh, space in between certain holes. Mm-hmm. They're actually saying, hey, yeah. If you want to walk, go right ahead, which I think is awesome. And I think that I, I'm hoping this is a push to promote more walking to some of these courses because it can be done rather than the cart. I mean, it just kind of, I know, unfortunately, maybe it's so, I unfortunately <laughs> see it going back to carts only very fast. And, it, and it's unfortunate because the, the, it's part of that golf industry that's stuck in its way. 
of, mm-hmm. of doing it one way. And this is the way we do it. Um, that's the way we've always done it. So that's how we're oh, going to do it. Kind of the worst, the worst. I hate that um, mentality. And unfortunately I, I see it at my own club too. You know, they said, uh, the, the email they sent out, we are promoting walking, uh, for now was that what mm-hmm. they said for now, um, until, until, you know, things relax basically. So it's like, I, I think some places might have the epiphany that, Oh wow. We actually might've had faster rounds with, with people walking and we might not have had those bottlenecks like we thought we were going to. Uh, and then you're going to have the courses that are like, all right, you know, you guys are cut off from walking, you know, the, the restrictions are lifted, uh, riding only. But even on the other side of it, the player side of it, those who you normally go out and play golf and they always take a cart because they thought that's the thing to do. And now you see people like I'm scrolling through Facebook that have friends of mine that play golf that normally, ride and just that because that's the standard norm that's what it that's mm-hmm. what it's always been done reaching out anybody got a push cart anybody got a pull cart or does anybody have like a lighter bag that i can use <laughs> maybe i don't know uh we'll see it it may get some courses to realize hey you know walking ain't that bad of a thing and players who take a cart realize you know what maybe going out and walking nine or 18 is actually better than sitting in a cart I'll tell you one thing Steve and I did, uh, which was fun. It challenged us, uh, but it also made me realize maybe I can kind of change up my bag setup. Um, when, we, when we walked Rum Point the first day they were open, uh, we only carried seven clubs. So let me, let me walk you through this setup. It was putter, 54, pitching wedge, eight iron, six iron, four iron, driver. So almost. So I, had, I had one wood in the bag. So you went. You basically went evens. You pulled. You took the even yeah. irons out. Yep. Okay. Okay. And I, I almost and I almost broke eighty for the first time being on a course in two months. It makes you have to strategize now. Well, okay. The, hold on. The cold hard hold on, hold shank on. I hit on number two didn't help. Yeah, I re- I remember you telling me that. I I started laughing because I was like, all right, I'm not alone here. We are struggling. Uh, as as a team here, struggling while are going out, it's tough. And I'll, I'll the I'll enjoy say the walk squad going. is not looking good odd wise right now for the Barstool mm. Classic. Yeah, it, but I'll, I'll I'll say this: it is tough coming out of the car cold without a warm up, without any practice, without any feel for the greens. You have no idea what your ball is going to be doing on the range, and you just you tee it up on the first hole and just give one a rip, and you say, "Okay, here we go." Let's see what happens. So it kind of sucks. It may take a couple of holes for you to actually get warmed up to really feel and see what's going down. But my question is now playing with seven clubs, did you strategize your game per the hole to set yourself up to be able to hit your normal distances? Or did you just say, you know, I'm just ripping driver and then I'll, you know, say I have like a, say you have a nine iron club in. Do you, do you play? the eight iron or the pitching wedge and kind of just ram a pitching. Just uh, the strategy okay. for me was it was so windy. <laughs> I'm just going to rip driver and see where it ends up. And then I'm either going to punch. I'm going to like back punch an eight or just rip on a, on a wedge. Okay. So yeah, um, yeah I that think was I was the strategy. Try and... Okay. That makes sense. Especially with the wind. 
Because my strategy, just say on like a cold, say normal, like no crazy condition day, I would probably strategize my hole based on, all right, I'm going to get stock seven iron in. I'm going to try and get myself to that distance from the day. It was fun, man. Cause like, cause the thing was too, I only had the driver, right? So I didn't yeah. have another wood. Um, if I were, if I were to redo it, um, I still think I'd keep the driver in the bag, but I only used the four iron like once. I think I'd get rid of a lot of the longer irons, maybe only carry the up to the six and put like a, a hybrid in the bag because Ooh, there was a bunch yeah. of, you know what I'm saying? Or yep. cause there was a bunch of times where like, if I, if I hit the driver on a par five, I might've been able to give it a rip with a hybrid at like 225, 230, but there was no chance for the four iron, like no chance. So, so then I just kind of like pitched one up to like, you know, full, full wedge range and then let the mm -hmm. wedge rip. But, uh, man, it was fun. It made me realize like I, I used all seven clubs, but like there was not many times where I was like, man, I really could use this one. Like it made me get creative. And I think yeah. that's what, uh, if you look back on the greats, like you look back on, uh, Seve especially is just the one that comes to me, like comes to mind of, of who could just make a shot happen with any club, no matter what club you told him to do it with, he could hit it whether it was a flop shot with like a four iron or whatever, um, Seve could just do it. Um, and, and I think that uh, I think I'm going to try it a little more often because it, it, it was really cool. Cause I had to start hitting like little buttercut kind of half sawed off eight irons. Um, <laughs> you had to, you had to sling some six irons in there when you knew the four iron was too much, but a stock six was not enough. So you had to hit the hard draw six to try and, you know, get a little extra roll out of it. It was fun. I, I enjoyed the crap out of it. And Steve had a blast too. We both agreed when we walked off, we were like, man, we got to do that again. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun because you're going to, in a tournament, if you're ever playing in a tournament round and you know, you're going to have missed shots, you're going to, you know, you're going to have off shots and you're going to get yourself put in that situation where you're like, crap, uh, this isn't in my bag. <laughs> what am I going to do? So being able to have, you know, say you have three different types of shots with the seven iron. Now you figure out, okay, like how do I triple that? Like how do I make sure that I have six or nine different shots with the mm -hmm. seven iron? Cause like when you're saying that Seve came to mind, even Bubba came to mind and Bubba mainly came to mind. Cause he's more, I you say more recent. And I remember watching a video and hearing a story saying when he, was a kid he had i don't know like a cut down iron or something and he would just go out in his backyard and just hit the ball around and just hit it around trees hook it around trees slice it around trees go up under so you know he he's one who has multiple shots in the bag with one club and obviously you can go back to the 2012 masters where he hooked it out of the out of the woods to win I mean, the playoff i mean it's just i always think how many guys would have actually tried that shot in a playoff at Augusta? Yeah. Hell, there's guys that won't even try that shot at their home club on a Saturday afternoon, <laughs> just screwing around. They will say there's no chance, let alone mm -hmm. in the Masters. Yeah, you hit it, you hit it nail on the head. Uh, there, there's, there's not many people that can in, even envision something that artistic and that's what it is it's, it's artistry when, when you start getting like you said six or seven different shots with one club and and that builds your arsenal and it builds your confidence yeah you're just like oh all right well i'm gonna i'm 
all right, I'm in, I'm in this section of the woods. I have this, I can hit this low hook between these trees. And if I hit it with like maybe a five iron, I can get it up there and roll it up onto the green. And now I still have a shot at birdie. Yeah. It, Even it, if you're it, like it, it, 100 cool, and like, like 40 yards out. Because when you do miss hit a shot off the tee, that's where it gets interesting too. Because you're not, you know, if you're in that gapper range and you're off the fairway, if you're in some shit, you got to hit a, a, a hook or you got to hit a slice with a club you already know isn't the right club to begin with. It makes you mm-hmm. think and it makes you say, you know, all right, do I got to hold off this finish or do I really have to exaggerate the finish to get it to go where it needs to go? And um, I, I think it just makes you play the game of golf a, a little more authentically. Um, sometimes I think, you know, there's always a, a big argument out there, especially with some of the, you know, uh, new, new trends of, of carry less, you know, than 14, um, that 14 clubs is too many. So, uh, it, it was cool to dial it back and, and see, you know, push the limits. You know, I, I got a question for you though. What do you think, uh, what do you think the limits is as far as how, how little you could carry? Obviously you need a putter, but how many more clubs, you know, other than the putter, do you think you could, uh, you could slim it down to? So are you saying for me to just go out and play or are we trying to like actually score? Oh, I'm saying like to play, like to score and play. Like how, how, how uh, little, how little clubs could you get it down to, to, to actually make, make a, like a, a competitive score? All right. I'm going to go off of now. See, I have all these questions and I play my home track. I'm just going to like badger you with the questions here. I mean, let's, right, let's so, let it rip. So yeah. We'll go home track. Home we'll track. go we'll go prime conditions so no wind you know no no whatever um we'll go we'll go competitive round though it's got to be a tournament round like I, I you know i want the pressure to be on you but i want to see how much you can slim it down to all right let's see obviously putter is a given uh i would probably go if we're playing like a tournament from you know the t set that we play from either the blues or the whites middles or like just before back we're thinking there i can probably go with my with at running deer let's let's go from the bottom i would probably go putter gap wedge nine iron seven iron hybrid i can probably do five yeah see that's just trying i'm trying to i'm trying to go off of like what do i mostly use based on the rounds that i play there Mm -hmm. i could probably skim it down to five full clubs that's what i thought if i needed to based on how like far i hit it i could definitely mm-hmm. drop down to maybe even like a five wood or like you said a four hybrid something around there um and then i think yeah i think i could go you know i think i could go six and then i think i could drop down from a six to a nine i think i could butter cut a six when i need to and then i think i need some sort of lofty wedge just to play it around the greens but i think i could go hybrid like if this were bare minimum. Like you had to ask me, like you know, if your life depended on it, how could you cut it down? It would be, it would be a hybrid, a six iron, um, a nine iron, and a wedge. Uh, just like a probably middle, middle of the grade fifty six, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I could still hit that around a hundred, hundred and fifteen if I need to on the juice, you know, and mm-hmm. then a putter. So I, I could get it down to five. Okay. Yeah, I think I think at my home track. I can probably do do five because I'm just trying to think of all the scenarios. Now, if I if I go, I'd probably want to have a, the gap wedge in my hand 
fit my 50 degree because our greens are massive. So bump and runs are, are probably pretty more no, are normal. The only thing that you can do that with me, a nine. That that's also true. So maybe I can get crafty. Come on. I can probably go down to like my 50. It depends. It either be a gap wedge or my 50 foot. Let, One let's, of those wedges. Let's transition. They're, let's they're, transition into this though. How uncrafty is your short game after this quarantine? Because mine is garbage. I have this weird yippy feel that. So the first, <laughs> so the first day I played, I'm like, hey, cool. And the funny thing was, I was I had this like little lawn area in the front of my neighborhood where I was hitting balls out of. I mean, I was like rough grass because it's just like whatever. I got to this tight lies and I'm like, okay, cool. I know this yardage <laughs> blade. See ya. And then I'm sitting there afraid I don't want to blade it. Now I'm chunking it and the balls is plopping. I'm like, oh boy. So now I have this like yippy rock hard hand, like afraid to just hit the ball, come down into like a, a pitch shot or a chip shot around the greens. And it's just like, oh, it is brutal. And then. And then another thing that screwed me is, you know, how I was doing the the putter with the putter in my room with the with the yardstick to make sure it was online. So now I'm putting on this piece of metal that's rolling faster than a 15 speed, going out the courses that are coming off of aeration or are wet and they're slow. And I first putt, I I guarantee. So I had this nice feel with this like nice quick ass putt, and the first putt I take on the first day back to golf. It goes no more than two feet. Because that's how slow like the greens are. It, it's coming, crazy. Coming off of aeration. I have I have one go-to shot, and it's it's the Phil Mickelson flop shot right now. It's the only thing I can hit because if there's <laughs> there's no touch with that, it's it's just swinging like it's a full yeah, swing yeah. flop shot, right? And it's just cutting underneath of it. All right, great shot. Anything less than like a full swing right now can't can't hit it cannot hit it it's either a flub three feet in front of me <laughs> and i do that three times in a row or it's this oh i don't even want to say it but it's this frankie butter knife just across the green ankle biter yap at your oh, heels man. kind of shot oh it's disgusting yeah i i hear you it it's like it's like almost if i stop as i'm coming to the ball and then i like make like this jerk move and then the ball it's either i'm hitting the ground first or i'm hitting that um the edge is hitting the ball and that thing's flying over the green but today and then uh, i'm so mental with my putter i'm back and forth with different putters ah now it's it's got to be the putter it's got to be like so in my head oh my god i just got the uh i got the birdie ball uh putt putting green uh shout out to birdie ball for getting those out way ahead of schedule they originally said they were going to be back ordered to like the 15th of this month um i got it two weeks ago uh, so shout out to them for getting me that putting green so fast, but um, they screwed me today. I was up late putting on it last night, uh, hit, oh, hitting no. like 100, 200 putts. I left my putter in the living room today. I had to putt with my dad's putter, a two oh, inch. Man. So I putt with a like a half mallet Edel putter. The toes bored out of it. It has no toe weight whatsoever. My dad putts with a traditional, you know, ping answer style, uh, you know, putter that's 
uh, got a super, super fat, fat stroke, a uh, fat super stroke on it. And it's two inches shorter than my putter, dude. You want to talk about foreign feeling on the golf course today. Oh, I had my, I had my dad's putter all day long and it was, it took me till like the 12th hole to actually figure it out. And, uh, it was a mess. But yeah, it, mm. I, I'm in the opposite. I will not switch putters at, by all means, but today I was forced to, and it, it solidified the fact that I love my freaking putter. <laughs> yeah, I switched, I switched back to my uh, blade, uh, Scotty Cameron. Switched back from the mallet to the blade, and the greens were actually like full-blown, recovered, cut tight, firm, fast. They were quick, that, and it was actually something I was used to from practicing on the ruler the entire time. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you this, I was actually putting lights out today. So we're, we're on that brink where all the courses, where they're, you know, the, the aeration's complete. Now they can cut them, uh, roll them, you know, all that. So they'll be nice and tight and quick, hopefully this weekend and whatnot. So I'm, I'm hoping I said, cause we got this big team match coming up Saturday. And that's another cool thing that I, I I've touched before. Our, we have such diehard members and such diehard golfers at my course. And we, we, all those who are not tech savvy, we're telling them, Hey, we're going to set up, get Venmo accounts. We're going to have a main guy run it. Um, just book your tee times when you can, cause tee times are going fast and we're going to either have two man games or like four man games. And they've been betting back and forth here and there. I mean, you got guys teeing off at eight o'clock finishing i mean we're finishing in like two and a half three hours and you got guys teeing off at like 10 15 11 12 but they're all in this one uh community game which is awesome to see and by the end of the night like five o'clock rolls around five six o'clock the guy who's running it has all the scores in and he'll send blast out an email saying like here's the results for today here's your payouts and then he'll venmo you back so it's actually it's it's really neat to find the creativity that our guys are doing and i i'm hoping that and the information i'm providing that it's you guys is out there as well are doing and may can do if you guys want to keep like your your side bets going or just kind of keep the juices and the competitiveness going is to have these games set up where you can almost do it in a, almost like virtually but you're actually out there playing it's not as if you have I to know. be like consecutive tea times i know there's guys that uh at both clubs that i was a member at previously and then i'm a member at now that they said that's the only reason they go out because they they love playing for money like that you know they love golf obviously but like if they're not playing for money it does not interest them to go out and play you know so it's cool to it's cool to see there's if there's a will there's a way to still get it done yeah and it's it's cool to see uh, yeah, we, I got my phones blowing up because people are talking shit back and forth. And, you know, let's let's put this team together like this weekend. We got so far four teams to four man game because uh, one of our courses is in PA. Um, so we're heading out there. We can't play foursomes. So we got foursomes going uh, and we're doing uh, two low a full handicap, two low uh, better ball net. Um, obviously, winner take all. I think we're throwing in some skins in there and whatnot. Uh, so it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of fun. We're we're already picking teams. We got teams already booked. We got tee times already booked. We're like good to go. We're just, I mean, it's it's Monday right now, and we're playing we're playing this Saturday. We have this already set up. That's so epic. I'm that's it's it's awesome to see the creativity coming out of everybody, uh, just to be able to keep the competitive juices going. Because and just another and like just another compete. thing 
that's just like so cool about what golf is able to do. You know, you just said it's Monday. You have, you're looking to this on Saturday already. Like it gives you something to look forward to. And I, and I always say, and I'm a huge advocate of this. When you plan something, it makes time go by faster. You know, I know it's totally mental and it's totally a a, a kind of figment, I guess, of of our own imagination. But the minute you plan something and put something on the calendar, you start looking forward to it. You know, instead of just sitting around the house all day and kind of moping because you don't have anything to do and the outlook looks bleak because there's nothing on the forecast of, you know, plans, gives you something to look forward to. And not only are you looking forward to it Saturday, but you're probably playing three more times or four more times before then. Uh, Booked all this week. Boy, you're gonna run out of tape. You're gonna run out of tape. (laughs) Saturday, Sunday. I love it. Repeat. Yeah, no, I love it, man. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm also planned for tomorrow, like I said. uh, And uh, I'm actually this will air when I'm already out of town. uh, But we're headed to our cabin for a few days just to do some field work and uh, get some some crops planted and, and stuff like that. So, but the forecast, you know, at the end of this week is looking like high 70s. So uh, there is a small little town golf course where we have our cabin. So my, my dad, my uncle, my grandfather, and I will all be getting out and playing. So that'll be fun. And uh, I'll try and, and get some content out from that course. Cause it's a really neat small town course. Uh, but uh, I don't know if I'll have this. I don't know if I'll have the phone service. So we'll have to stay tuned for that. But, um, but yeah, man, it's just, it's so cool to have it back. And, you know, like I just miss golf, man. I missed it so much. The actual on course, like, you know, we were joking around saying, oh, the golf club is, is, uh, is as good as golf. And, oh, my simulator yeah. is as good as golf. Dude, now that we have it back, we were, who are we kidding? There, there's nothing as good as being out on the course, hitting real shots, taking real divots, you know, seeing the ball land, hitting real putts. Like, it just – come on. There's nothing as good as that. Dude, I, I'll come back and I'll, I'll you know – I'll do my routine. Basically, I'll come back, grab some lunch, and just kind of like chill. And I'll, I'll turn on the PlayStation and I'll hit up the golf club. Granted, the game's great and whatnot. And then I'll play maybe, I don't know, three holes, and like a, I'll hit like a off shot or something. But like, no. And I turn it off and I go, I'll go to like do something else. Like I'm like, no, I can't. I was like, I need, I'm itching to get back out there again. Yep. Now, speaking of itching back out there again, um, the pros are starting to see their own little kind of money matches, uh, which I think is cool. And I think has been going on, you know, during quarantine uh, well more than we know of. I think these pros are out there every day in their own little gated communities, um, you know, mucking it up with each other. But uh, I think we're going to get an inside view into into that a little bit. Uh, this is the one that screams authentic golf. The match between Tiger and Phil is the same as the first match that they put out. This huge publicity BS. None of them are going to play well. You know, the, it's going to be a, a show of crappy golf, and it, it's going to be more chirping between Tom Brady and Peyton Manning than it's going to be of of Tiger and uh, and Tiger and Phil. But yes, like the, Phil the, is the, the driving try and throw some jabs. Some dad jokes, some some high yeah. quality dad jokes in there. Him and yep. him and Peyton are going to be the king of dad jokes that day. It's going to be like an all state uh, or a uh, State Farm commercial or all state or whatever Peyton is a is an advocate. No, nah, it should be. It, that's going to be interesting. But what I really like about the the Ricky Fowler is that they're bringing out Sunday bag carry bags and carrying it and carrying the clubs themselves. That's 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 so on brand for us. I absolutely love that. I'm I so I'm so hyped for that. 
That's this is what I've been waiting for. Um, the and correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe I don't. I'm not even sure if you were following golf along that like well to understand. But I think they used to do these kind of like uh, what they called how oh, not preliminary matches, but they called them like. Uh, features or something like that. Like the old pros used to travel the, around and do that. Like Hogan the used to the, the Shell Houston ones, the one on one matches. Something like that, but like not. Like yes and no. Um, they they used to they used to have like the traveling pros because they just didn't make enough money on tour. Like way back in the day, like Varden and like I said, Hogan and and all those guys. They used to travel around and do these big kind of like premieres where they would play like one-on-one skins matches or one-on-one, one-v-one match play tournaments, you know, to a small crowd just to kind of like, you know, promote golf and promote the game. And um, it was really cool. Like, I, I love seeing this, and I wish more pros would do this more often. Carrying their own bags, Sunday bag style, is going to be so sick to watch, even if it's just I, like I think- live streamed on shitty cameras. Like, it's going to be a fun time. That's probably just, just trying to picture that. Just the, you just see like Ricky or Rory rolling, walking up to their, up to, <laughs> up to their ball, and you know they just they just release the the shoulder strap and they're just kind of holding it, trying to get their number and like <laughs> yeah. looking in their bag, like, all right, what club do I want to use? And they grab it and throw the bag on the ground and then just proceed to go through their routine. I just think that's gonna be. I'm I'm pumped because you know that. they're you know they're all gonna be mic'd up, and I think mm-hmm. these guys like Ricky. Uh, Matt Wolf, especially, but DJ and and Rory, they're they're all the younger generation that loves chirping people. Like when 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 Phil and Tiger were mic'd up for their match, it, it was just you could tell it was like the old guys who just didn't know what to say. It was very awkward. It was very hit or miss. These young guys, man, I feel like they're gonna be chirping each other the entire time, having fun, kind of like, you know, just shooting it back and forth to each other. It's going to be a blast to watch. Not to mention, this is the first time Seminole Golf Club is ever seeing like the public's eye on the golf course. That's going to be exciting. Wow. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Yeah. I mean, Semin- uh... Seminole was one of those golf courses that is just, you know, uh, I think historically old money, um, most exclusive golf courses kind of in the, in the world. Um, so for them to open their doors um, seems seems interesting to say the least. But I think from from different things I've read, um, you know, it's in Juneau Beach, Florida, um, just wet, just north of West Palm Beach. So you know, it, it's obviously going to have some phenomenal weather. Um, I you know for this match, um, it's number twelve on Golf Digest list of America's one hundred greatest golf courses. So it, you know, it's a phenomenal layout by the late Donald Ross. So I don't think he's ever made a horrible golf course. Um, since it was built, it's never been outside the top 20 in those rankings. So for this to finally get some TV time, I almost can bet you money that the members at Seminole are basically saying, this is our chance to show the world that we need either a major championship here, whether it's a PGA or a US Open, or we need some sort of high profile golf to start coming to our to our golf club yeah it'd be interesting to see because it just seems like they're playing like the same courses over and over again and there's thousands of courses there 
out in the world and in the United States that can probably host a pretty good tournament. It's just when it comes to my thinking is obviously it all comes down to revenue and it all comes down to ticket sales. So which places have the largest facility and like the most open areas to just pack as many people as you possibly yep. can on the golf course without interfering with the course and the players. So it just seems like they're constantly going to the same venues. And I just honestly think there are so many more venues out there that can host tournaments. It's while, just, while it's I completely understand, like, like you said, while I completely understand the history of these events and, and why Pebble beach is, is a staple on the U S open rotation and, and why places like Marion and, um, and just some of the old, old golf courses that'll forever be a U.S. Open, you know, host. Um, I, I get why we go back to them, you know, time and time again. But I, I don't think we should go back to them as often as we do. Instead of like a five or six year, you know, gap in between. I think there should maybe be a, a fifteen year uh, in between, and and just kind of, you know, at least and, and start start featuring more of these golf courses that. Uh, that like Seminole, like, uh, I mean, just, you know, some of these underwritten, you know, you know, Seminole never saw a TV like debut or anything like that in the past just blows my mind. Like th there's so many more courses out there that deserve kind of a shot. Like when they gave it to Chambers Bay, Chambers Bay was a phenomenal venue. Yes. It was tough. Like logistically, it was tough to get stadium seats out there and everything, but I mean, everyone that you talked to said it was just a phenomenal course to host a, a, a championship like that. And so was Aaron Hills. You know, you give Aaron Hills a shot, and now people can't stop going back to it and, and saying how great of a course it was. So I think there's places like that that, you know, need to start uh, contending or at least breaking the mold of PGA and U.S. Open venues. Oh, I agree. The Seminole tournament, uh -huh. is it just going to be the players and the golf channel? Because Golf Channel is picking it up, I guess, for the broadcasting. So the way I understand, it is a very, very, like, kind of just skin and bones production. Uh, I think it's going to be minimal. Being it's only one group on the course, mm, I think it's going to yeah. be minim minimal staff. They might have, I think, you know, two or three, maybe four um, sound and, and, like, camera guys out there. Um, other than that, I think it's just uh, the power of technology. It's all just going to be live streamed and kind of like that style of, of play. So it's probably just going to be a very, very small amount of people out there. No fans, no nothing. Um, I don't even think the way I understood, there's no members even allowed out during this broadcast. Um, so it's just the four guys and, and the crew, and that's about it. So it'll be interesting to see. I think I think this is a cool test run as well to kind of see how um, how bare the broadcast can get um, to cover one group because, like we've talked about in the past as well, there's such an opportunity to have a camera on every golfer during the entire round and get more golf content in a broadcast. Oh, absolutely, and this and this is probably you can have these type of matches throughout you know the pga tour or even like off season or whatever you want to get kind of some type of different type of broadcast for golf viewership it makes it'll mix things up 
I know too, like the, the, the uh, PGA schedule is so long that guys probably wouldn't want to dive into stuff like off season matches and stuff like that. But um, I think it just, it, it's going to be cool to see how, how much they can cover. And I, I hope they don't screw it up. Like I think they're going to, like, I don't think we're going to see every shot from this match. You know what I'm saying? We deserve yeah. to see every shot from each one of these players when it's only four guys on the course, and I still don't think we're going to see every shot. Why not? I give figure. Yeah, you'll probably see like maybe one or two guys, and then they'll be like on cut to commercial, and then they're on the green. And then, oh, by hey. the way, Dustin Johnson has made it on the green. It's like, well, I didn't even see him tee off. How did he get there? Yeah. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see, and I, I hope they do a good job of it. And uh, I'm just excited to see the, these guys. You know, obviously they're the best at, of the best doing it, and I'm excited to see them on televised golf i'm excited to see televised golf i just want to see them roll it up with the sunday carry bags dropped to their shoulder next standing next to the ball that's all i want to see obviously obviously they're all tailor-made guys so they're going to have tailor-made bags but who do you think made those tailor-made bags is it going to be a mckenzie is it going to be a jones is it going to be like a an off brand Who, who do you think got that uh that winning ticket that golden ticket to be the sunday bag for this for this event it's either going to be TaylorMade's own made Sunday carry bag uh, that they're going to promote, or it's going to be a customized McKenzie bag with TaylorMade logos all over it and their numbers. That's what I think. I'm, I don't know. I like the McKenzie bag, so I think it, I would like to see that, but I feel like it's going to be a marketing push with TaylorMade's bag. Let's yeah, go I, see if they even have. Taylor I think I think you're spot on. Have. I think you're spot on. I think uh, I think right off the bat they have to just make their own bag and make it all about TaylorMade. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a full oh buy the buy the TaylorMade bag that the pros use to carry their clubs at the at the COVID nineteen relief uh, relief match. So it'll be interesting to see. It, it, it's just going to be fun, man. I want to see televised golf. Last match. Do. Moving on to the last match. Who who have you got in the battle of the uh, washed up dads? That's 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 what I'm calling so, the second match. Is it is it Tiger and Brady? It's Tiger and Peyton, Phil and Brady. Honestly, I think what it's going to come down to it's going to come down to Brady against Peyton for like the overall score. Tiger and, and Phil are going to do their thing, and then it's just going to come down to the handicap players. Who plays better that day? If you've if you've watched handy. if you've watched the AT and T Pebble Beach Pro Am at all in the last like three or four years, Peyton and Eli have been you know they play with each other every year, and every year Eli says that he beats Peyton every year, and and yeah. Eli plays a full NFL schedule. Peyton has all the time in the world to practice. But I've also and, seen I've also seen videos of Brady's swing, and it ain't pretty either. Yeah, but it isn't. Brady's a better handicap than, well, on paper, Brady has a better handicap than Peyton, right? According to Action Network, uh, Peyton Manning is a seven handicap, and Tom Brady is a six. So supposedly oh, they are wow. both. Yeah, supposedly gonna... they are both uh, high single-digit handicappers. Um, but Peyton is quoted in saying, I've, I've thrown 
many touchdown passes and still feel very, very insecure about the possible shank on national television. <laughs> Wait, but that makes sense. I mean, I know the camera's going to follow you the entire time, but you're on TV playing Pebble. So I, it's going to be good. I'm going to, I'm excited. Yeah, that's going to be cool. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Tiger over the Phil Brady. All right. I like that pick. Uh, they're favored uh, in Vegas right now. They're, they're highly favored. Um, but uh, I only think they're highly favored because Tiger was just on an absolute blitzkrieg of playing damn good golf before all this hit. So I, I think they're banking on Tiger to carry the team. Well, that's a that's the probably the main reason I was thinking about that is Tiger wasn't playing so great when he had the Riviera and then like everything shit shit hit the fan and then he kind of he took himself out all these tournaments to prepare for himself for the Masters so he had all this time to just whatever was wrong with them recover and practice just no cameras just behind closed doors do what he has to do and I think that he also was saying him and his son have been competing against each other with like a bunch of chipping matches and stuff in their backyard and whatnot. So I, that's what I'm focusing on that. The Peyton, the paint Tom and Tom Brady and, and the Peyton Manning, uh, that's going to be a battle because they're so close with each other. It's just who has the better day. And that's, that's just amateur golf. I'm, right I'm going to love like, to see, see it as well. Cause you know, those guys are just fierce competitors. They wouldn't be the phenomenal football players they are if they weren't fierce competitors. Um, so it's going to be awesome. I just hope it's close down the stretch. And, and, you know, these guys are put under the gun to make some shots because it'd be fun to see. I mean, let's be honest. If you, if you know any of your buddies, any of your buddies out there, there are seven or eight handicaps, they have the possibility of just striking some unbelievable shots. They also have the chance of making eights. You know, that's what makes them a, a high single-digit handicapper, the, the occasional blow-up hole. Um, so that'll be fun down the stretch, too, to see which one of these guys uh, makes it happen and, and which one kind of folds under the pressure because everyone knows tournament golf and especially national televised golf is a little bit different than playing at the club with the boys. Oh, no doubt about that. Yeah, it's going to be, be fun to see. I'm excited, man. Well, I think we've covered everything, you know, um, from, from our experiences in COVID golf to um, what the next week or two here looks like in, in uh, professional golf, you know, televised professional golf. Um, how, I mean, it's just so cool that golf is the first thing to come back. Like they said it would be to, you know, granted, it's not a PGA Tour event, but it's, it's going to be the first kind of televised professional league event it's not a like i said it's not a league event but it, it's guys on tv playing golf live um it, it's yeah, the you're, first you're thing to finally out. you're finally and slowly getting getting something new uh back to uh, in the sports world out of all and all sports world luckily it's golf and we love golf so it's something that we're excited to, to be watching but it, again it's it's something new something new that's live because i'll be honest the I've been watching, yeah, obviously, you know, we all know I was a big lacrosse player in college. So I've been going on YouTube and they have like full rounds or full uh, games from the 2019 seasons. I've been flipping through that. I've been watching previous golf rounds from like the Masters and all that, just kind of, and even watching the last dance and Michael Jordan and all that 
uh, hype right now. I've been watching. There's 96, 97, like actual NBA full games on YouTube. So I've just been, I've just been going on YouTube and just watching all past games and whatnot, which was cool to see and, and relive uh, some of the hype and, and the history, but it, you know, that gets stale after a little bit. I mean, you watch maybe like 20 minutes, maybe a little to like close to an hour into it. You already know the outcome. You're like, well, I, I already know what's going to happen here. Now we got something new. We got fresh, fresh legs in there yet. You you don't know what's going to be happening. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I'm definitely excited. I'm definitely be tuning into the Ricky one. Again, I'll say it. I can't wait to watch one of those guys just roll up to their ball and maybe miss hit it and be like, damn it, and have to <laughs> do what we us ands do is grab that bag and throw it back on your shoulder and head to the ball. <laughs> it's going to be the best, man. It's going to be the most relatable golfing, televised golfing experience of our generation. There's just the hands down. I mean, it's going to be so cool. You know, it's like I just I pray to God – I actually, you know, no offense to any of these guys, but I pray to God one of them hits a cold shank so I can just be like, you know what? That's what I felt like walking off the second tee at Rum Point. And, and yeah. now you feel that too, Roy McIlroy. It'd be, it'd be great if they have to play COVID conditions and not just park and play. Show up, tee it up first, and go. No warm-up, oh, nothing. You know, you know these guys are hitting range balls. They're not getting embarrassed oh, on yeah. national television. I, I know, but I just think it would be hilarious just to see that. Just go to the first tee and just go. I love it. Speaking of that, I wonder if they're going to have to keep the flag in. Oh, yeah. Pull, oh, that, that just goes back to the point. Are we putting money on pool noodles? Are we putting money on the, uh, the inverse? We forgot an option, by the way. Inverse cups. The cups still in the Oh, yeah, they turn them, just they turn them upside down. down. Yeah. <laughs> I, that might that might actually be worse than the PVC. I take it back. I don't hate the PVC as much as I hate inverse cups. Oh man, it'll be fun the to watch, man. PVC. I'm excited. What's your money on yeah. pool noodle? My money's on pool noodle. I'm gonna go with the uh, the easy lift. Ah, it's true. They're seminal. They got the money for that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna get uh, fine wine when you're. Uh... At that course, you're not getting no pool noodles. No. All right, that's fair. Your money's on Tiger and Peyton and the easy up, and and, and my money's on uh, since I got to be the the contraire. My money's on uh, my money's on Phil and Brady and the pool noodles. But one more thing: who are you taking, Rory and Dustin, or Ricky and Matt Wolf? Oh, Ricky and Matt, Matt Wolf all day. They're gonna dust them. You think they're yeah. considered the underdog? I know, but Ricky and Matt Wolf all day long. Yeah, they're gonna dust him. I concur. DJ's been DJ's been slacking off with Paulina, and everyone knows it. <laughs> I mean, Rory might carry the team because I'm a huge Rory guy, but yeah, Ricky and Matt Wolf all day long. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Fun to watch. I love it. Absolutely love it, guys. Golf is back. We're pumped. Uh, we're playing golf. The pros are playing golf on TV. It's coming. Um, we're excited, uh, you know, just to uh, just to be back. And with that being said, golf is back. So we um, we made the announcement today on our story, um, or Tuesday on our story. I'm sorry. And uh, you know, today we are uh, kind of telling you guys on a podcast. We're going back to two days a week. Um, three days a week was awesome when we were you know shut down and had no golf uh, to play. But uh, 
but yeah, we're going, we're, we're on the golf course all the time now. Uh, it's going to be summer. We're going to be playing a lot more. Uh, we're hopefully going to be traveling a lot more too. Um, so, so with two days a week, uh, we're hoping to bring you, you know, one, one guest per week. And then, you know, one kind of just recap of, of our lives in golf. And as we get more professional golf back, kind of just recapping golf news and, and what we did when we first started this podcast of just shooting the shit about golf and, and what we think about the current golf news. So, uh, yeah, going back to two days a week, guys, and, and, you know, appreciate all the listens so far. You know, when we were pumping out podcasts, you guys were listening. So thank you for doing that. And uh, it meant a lot that, you know, the more we put out, the more you guys listen. So that was uh, really a blessing and, and truly, truly thank you guys for doing that. So um, if you guys like our podcast and love what we do, uh, please, you know, feel free to share our podcast with someone, whether it's on Spotify or iTunes, share the link, spread the love. Um, you know, let everyone, you know, know about the enjoy the walk golf podcast. Uh, it's, you know, kind of what we love and our passion. And, and we just want to keep sharing our passion and people's stories for their passion in the game of golf, uh, via our podcast. And you can always go to www.enjoythewalkpod.com, um, to support us as well with our, uh, recent merchandise launches, whether it's the hats, uh, or any, anything of the kind t-shirts, uh, mugs, anything like that, guys. If you want to support us, support the podcast, support the brand. Uh, everything is on the, the, the dot com. So go check that out and uh, definitely give us a follow if you don't already on on Instagram at Enjoy the Walk Pod. Um, that pretty much we update all of our um, you know day to days from Dante going and playing golf everywhere he's playing uh, to me wherever I'm playing and. Uh, we also kind of update all of our, our shows and stuff on there as well and show you put faces to names on who our latest podcast is with. So, guys, go check that out. Uh, Dante, you got anything else? Where, what's, uh, what's the tee up tomorrow? Where are you playing? We're going to the home track running deer, uh, playing that in the afternoon with the uh, old man again, uh, bringing my dad out there. Uh, so, Bring it back to going back to running deer. So I'll get some uh, get some shots of the course for everybody. Let you know what that's like. That's kind of like one of my obviously one of my favorites. It's you know that true. You get that true like member esque feel. I mean, it's in the middle of nowhere, literally in the sticks of New Jersey. It's you just you come off the exit, you make one couple turns, and then boom, there's just this golf course. So. Yeah, so I'm gonna. Uh, I talk about it a lot. The greens are absolutely massive. They're very undulated. So I'm gonna give you guys a sneak peek of that. So uh, um, stay tuned. I'll definitely see you guys. Uh, I got. I got them all lined up. I got all the greats of uh, my favorite uh, Jaworski courses. Uh, so I'll show you them throughout the week. So, but running near running deer is up next. Awesome. Awesome. Can't wait. And uh, like I said, guys, I will be off the grid for a couple days, but Dante will be with you uh, through the weekend and wherever he's playing. And uh, we'll be back up and running and, and joining you guys uh, Tuesday after this podcast and, uh, you know, bringing you some more, uh, some more fun content. So thanks for listening, guys. And as, as always, get out there, uh, carry your clubs if you can. Um, and if your feet hurt too much, tape them up like Dante just described previously. And uh, get out there and enjoy the walk. So thanks for listening, everyone.
one shot at a time. 